Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, this is Trent Sutton with Wild Imaginings, and we are presenting you a fantastical history of Waco. Fabulous tales of dubious veracity, written by Ashley Bean Thornton. (laughs) Today's story, The Electric Slide. 1910 to 1920 were years of turmoil in Mexico. Revolutionaries fought to overthrow the regime of Porfirio Diaz, and then fought among themselves to establish a new government. Thousands of Mexicans immigrated to Texas, fleeing the war. Most of the immigrants had almost no money and often had no choice but to settle in what some would call disreputable neighborhoods. And a great many of these immigrants found themselves in none other than little Waco town. In Waco, the so-called disreputable neighborhood where they ended up settling was the neighborhood between 2nd Street and the Brazos River. Once known as the Reservation, or 2 Street, it was the former location of Waco's notorious legalized red light district. In the late 1910s and early 1920s, so many Mexican families moved there that it became known as Calle Dos. Though the new residents of Calle Dos were considered poor, and life was certainly hard at times, It turned out they were wealthy with two important resources, music and ingenuity. But our story begins with Leo Jimenez and Guillerme Ochoa. Leo and Guillerme were teenagers when their families immigrated to Waco in 1917. Leo played the accordion. It was said that in Mexico, they had to pass an ordinance in his village that Leo was only allowed to play at night. If he played during the day, everyone within hearing would stop working and start dancing. Look, Leo, we all love your playing, but perhaps too much. Too much? Yes, Leo, too much. People can't just drop everything they're doing to dance to the music. It isn't practical. But I don't ask them to dance. We know, hijo, but they do anyway, don't they? And there's work around the village that has to be done. Yes. That's right. So we've decided that you may only play your accordion after the sun goes down. Okay? We love your music, but it needs to be a reward for hard work done, not an excuse to not work. I wasn't trying to cause any trouble. No trouble, Leo. Your music is just 
Well, it's... It's too good. Too good? Just remember what we said, okay? After the sun goes down. Leo's neighbors warned that if you went to listen to him play at night, you should bring an umbrella because migrating birds would be so transfixed by his music that they would forget to flap their wings and fall from the sky. Apparently, his music made people move and birds stop moving. A rather interesting conundrum. Guillerme, on the other hand, came from a family of inventors. His uncle was the famous inventor and revolutionary Victor Ochoa, an expert at creating power from unusual sources. Guillerme had grown up in his uncle's shop, and his job as an energetic child had been to run on a large wheel, rather like a hamster, to create the electricity that powered his uncle's saws and drills. Keep running, Guillerme! Uncle, can I take a break? I'm on the verge of a breakthrough. I don't want to. Almost. Almost. Almost there. I've done it. Finally. Look, Guillerme. Look what you've helped me create. What is it? It electrifies surfaces, doorknobs, handles, countertops. I'd like to think of it as a security measure. Unrelatedly, I'm sure, as a ten-year-old, Guillerme was famous among the children at his school in Mexico for having to write the sentence, No electrificaré la silla de la profesora. I will not electrify the teacher's chair. One hundred times. But regardless of their interesting upbringings, when the boys moved to Waco, their families lived in tiny shacks in Calle Dos, much like any other immigrant family at the time. Even though the city of Waco had gotten electricity in 1885, most of the residents of Calle Dos at the time could not afford that luxury. But when Guillermo's little sister almost burned their house to the ground by knocking over a candle, Guillermo and Leo took matters into their own hands. Just like that, I saw everything we had go up in smoke. Well, thank goodness it didn't. But what if I hadn't been home? Try not to think about it? Well, it just reminds you of the unfairness of it all. Why should we still be struggling by candlelight when the rest of the city has power? Well, I don't think we'll be able to afford that on our street anytime soon, Guillerme. It's just how it is. Our parents work hard. They work hard to give us a better life. Maybe this is something we can do. Oh? What are you thinking? I'm not, I'm not sure yet. This is the first I've thought about it, honestly. Well, think, Guillerme. Think back to your uncle's shop. Surely there's something he did that we can use. Well, I don't think most households are going to want to run on a wheel 24-7. No, but it does prove that movement can create electricity. Well, when movement is captured, it does, sure. But like I said, the wheel in my uncle's workshop only worked when it was moving. Ah, so we would need a way to store it. Right. Otherwise, whatever it is would have to be perpetually in motion. Mm. Well, my friend, you think you can figure out how to store the energy? Sounds like a problem worth solving to me. If you can figure that out, I think I can get us the movement we need. Well, let's do this. For Calle Dos? For Calle Dos. 
The neighbors loved the idea, and soon a huge wooden platform was erected in an open field at the corner of Jefferson Street and 2nd Street. When Leo played his accordion for the first Saturday night dance at La Plataforma, everyone in Calle Dos, from the youngest hijito to the oldest abuela, danced until midnight. The night air filled with music and song and the laughter of dancers, who didn't mind at all being hit on the head when the occasional migrating bird fell from the sky. The experiment had worked, just as it had in Mexico. Leo's music sparked something in those who listened. Calle Dos was being given the gift of joy, hope, and hopefully power, all through the gift of dance. But as the neighborhood walked back to their respective homes, it was time for Guillerme and Leo to plan their next move. See? I told you I could get the movement. My accordion has never failed me yet. You were certainly right, and I think I have it worked out how we can harness the neighborhood's energy. The Plataforma was a stroke of genius, Guillerme. Well, we had to have all of it concentrated in one area. Plus, with it raised in the air like that, there's room for us to deal with all the wiring underneath. So what's next? Well, we make a battery. Sounds easy enough. (laughs) To you, maybe. (laughs) I just have faith in you. I play, you invent. Okay, anyway, we make a battery, and then we have to wire it to the Plataforma. We should be able to find some decent wire at the junkyard. We'll just have to insulate it ourselves. Perfect. Then I think we'll need to test it before we let everyone else know what we're doing. Mm. So this next Saturday it is. That's it. We'll soon see. Before the next Saturday, Leo assisted Guillerme to attach a maze of wires and resistors to the underside of La Plataforma and attached the wires to a huge battery. The wires would capture the energy from the bouncing of the dance floor and store it in the battery. Next, they attached the battery to a light bulb hanging from the ceiling in the shack where Guillerme lived with his family. The second Saturday dance was even more popular than the first. Almost the whole neighborhood showed up to listen to Leo play. They danced from dusk until midnight, only pausing long enough to clap between songs. But when the dancers reluctantly walked home in the dark at midnight, they marveled to see an electric light blazing from within the tiny house where the Ochoa family lived. Do you see what I see? Electricity? Guillerme, how could your family afford this? We didn't. Well, obviously you did. Look at that light. No, my son is telling the truth. There's no way we could afford power. But my son, you see, is a genius. He and Leo did this. You made your own electricity? That's right. Well, sort of. Really, all of you made the electricity. That's why I play. I play so that you will dance and the electricity is made through your movement. So our dancing did this? That's right. You see, I, I have an electric light in my house. Tomorrow morning when I get up before the sun to make tortillas, I will not have to know my kitchen by touch anymore. I'll be able to see my work for the first time. This is incredible. We're very happy for your family. We'll we'll gladly continue dancing. Our joy is your light. <laughs>
But it isn't just for us. Right. Today was just the test. We had to make sure it worked like we hoped it would. This isn't just for me and my family. What do you mean? We want to bring light to all of you. Is... is that possible? We think it is, yes. We think we might be able to dance enough to power Kaidos from week to week. I'll just need your help to wire the homes together. Anything you need, Guillerme. Just tell us what to do. Within weeks, Guillerme had wired up every house in Calle Dos with lights and electric fans powered by the big battery attached to La Plataforma. Before long, extra lights even lined the streets so that it was safe to walk home at night. Never did I think I'd see the day when I could send my kids out to play after dinner. But with the new lights, I can wash them from the front porch and know they'll be safe. Well, I don't know about the rest of you, but I might like my fan even more than I like my light. I can actually sleep under a blanket now that it's not so hot. Or or how about when you're cooking over that hot stove for hours on end? Oh, that fan is a lifesaver. You're right about that. Being able to read in the evening without straining my eyes. Or so. Or embroider. Guillerme and Leo have changed everything. I used to dream about the day I could save up enough to leave Cayados. Same here. Oh, I wanted to, but I also knew that even if I did save up enough, there wouldn't be many other places for someone like me to go anyway. But it doesn't matter now, does it? I don't suppose it does. I think we might just have the best neighborhood in the city now. And sure enough, the blocks surrounding 2nd Street became the brightest spot in Waco. Soon, other Wacoans began to take notice. They couldn't imagine how what had once been that neighborhood had suddenly become something almost enviable. They talked among themselves, brought up the issue to city government, but simply couldn't figure it out. Eventually, they had to simply ask. But when these wealthier residents from other more respectable parts of town looked down their noses and asked how these poor people from Mexico could afford so much electricity, the families of Calle Dos would just smile, shrug, and answer honestly. Cuanto más bailamos, más luz creamos. The more we dance, the more we create light. Thank you for joining us today for A Fantastical History of Waco, a podcast brought to you by Wild Imaginings. We have a lot of other great projects besides this podcast. If you want to check out the work that we're doing, please head to wildimaginingswaco.com. See what we're doing, and if you have an idea of your own, let us know. We love working with people, just like we did here at Rogue Media Network and Ashley Bean Thornton, the author of these wonderful stories. Join us next time for another fantastical story. This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.